Welcome America. Fasten your seatbelts. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Stopping Trump and who's paying for it you might be surprised. Biden bumbles again. Yeah, this is like we could do a regular segment, because, but we got a great compilation for you. It's all in one place. And more guns, less crime. We've got the receipts. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Friday. We made it. It's a Friday. Good morning. If you are watching us live, if you're watching us on a delayed recorded version of the show, great. We love it. Just hit that follow button. Give us a thumbs up. And uh, we appreciate that. It's all free. Costs you nothing and really does help. It really does. It helps us show out a lot with the algorithms and everything. So we appreciate that. Just a simple click of a couple of buttons. Thumbs up. Follow. You're done. Hey, Madbone, thank you. Madbone's been a longtime viewer of the program and occasionally pops in on the live chat too during the show. But uh, he sent me a very nice happy birthday message uh, on one of my uh, my broadcasts. So thank you. I did see it, Madbone. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm getting older. Not wiser, but older. All right. We got to uh, take care of a little bit of business here before we get moving on with the... Uh, bulk of the show and we got a ton of crap for you tonight i'm telling you we are jam packed with stuff to talk about our sponsor first is blackout coffee of course they are an amazing coffee company they're not just brewing coffee they're making an experience rich velvety full-bodied flavored blend that is never bitter dancing on your taste buds awakening your senses their beans are meticulously grown using local co-ops and American farmers because this company, in addition to making the most amazing cup of coffee, also backs our American values, honesty, integrity, truth, justice. They're all about USA values. Uh, and they are also all about making a cup of coffee that is nothing short of extraordinary. If you're a latte lover, espresso enthusiast, or you're just like me, like a fresh brewed cup of black coffee, I just drink I drink it right out of the pot that way. No sugar, no milk, no nothing. Mm. Oh, man. I'm telling you, their commitment to quality doesn't stop at the beans. Sustainability, they support farmers, good old American values. You should not settle for those ordinary corporate gigantic mega company beans that have been on the shelf for who the hell knows how long you need to check out blackout coffee and find out what the difference is between fresh roasted beans and that junk you've been drinking the small batch roasting process means when you order only when you order then within 48 hours they roast your beans ship them out in three days Boom, you've got the freshest beans you can find. Grind them up, put them through that coffee machine, and enjoy yourself. You will. Blackout coffee. Now, you can get a deal if you want to give them a try. Like I always say, just give them a try. Try a single bag. That's all I ask because it's so good. I know you're coming back. And when you do, keep using that link in our show notes and you'll get deals right now. When you check out, if you are putting your first order in, you use the code J20, and that'll get you 20% off your first order. Promo code J20, J-A-Y-20, my first name, and 20, for 20% off your first order at Blackout Coffee, an American company we can get behind, we can be proud to be a part of. In fact, lately, they've got a way that you can actually invest in the company. I can't give you stock tips, folks, but I'm telling you, if there is ever a company set to grow like rumble, it's blackout coffee. I'm telling you. All right. Well, speaking of growing, we've got <clears throat> New Hampshire coming up. We've got all kinds of crap going on all across the uh, all across the planet. Where is? Hang on just one quick second, because that's not the one I want. I want 
this one. Okay, so let's kill that. Uh, we're producing as we go, okay? So just bear with me. You know what happens sometimes. I get confused. I'm old. I just said that, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I'm going to switch here, but uh, let me see. What have I got? Oh, he's here. All right, Daily Caller. Meet the donors funding the shadow campaign to try and stop President Trump's second term before it even begins. Oh, yeah. This is from the Daily Caller. Hmm. Groups bankrolled by major, major left-of-center charitable foundations reportedly preparing to obstruct a potential second Trump administration. I would say they're beyond preparing. I would say they're full-on go. Protect Democracy is one of these moronic agencies. The love their names. The Institutional for Constitutional Advocacy and Protection ICAP at Georgetown University. Democracy Forward. Now, all these little commie Marxist groups are part of a loose alliance preparing legal action. That's how they're going to try and get at him. To block Trump from taking certain executive actions if he takes office. That's according to NBC News. These groups, backed by very influential liberal donors, George Soros. Oh, what a surprise George Soros' name pops in the mix. He's right at the head of the list, of course. They fear Trump might use the armed forces to act undemocratically if elected. They're just trying to do the fear-mongering, that's all. And sadly, some of these moronic, left-minded idiots just suck it up and believe it. They're looking to limit his potential influence over the executive branch. They're looking basically to change our constitutional republic is what they're trying to do. Here's a quote from... Sky Perryman, president of Democracy Forward. Listen to this crap. We're preparing for litigation and preparing to use every tool in the toolbox that our democracy provides to provide the American people an ability to fight back. Dude, we don't need your ability to fight back. We're perfectly happy with the candidate we are behind doing what he wants to do within the bounds of the law, of course. The group's plans apparently are kind of vague, mentioning preparing for litigation, drafting letters to influence possible Trump appointees, conducting research on what a, tr a second Trump term might look like, which, of course, they will sway completely into, oh, the world's going to blow up, it'll be World War III, everything will end, democracy is done. You know, the same crap they tried pulling the last time, didn't work then, won't work now, 81 million votes, bullshit, Biden stole the election. There, all jammed up into one little thing. They are bankrolled by left-wing mega-donors. George Soros, eBay founder Pierre Odemeyer, other mega donors from the left, millions, millions of dollars have been poured in to protect democracy since 2017. That's how long this bullshit's been going on. There's more in the article. Read about it. Find out about it. These are the people. These are the people behind the scenes, partly who are doing everything they can, very well funded by Soros and others, and who are fighting against the will of the people. Ah, that would be you and me. They don't give, folks, they don't give a rat's ass about democracy. They really don't. They could not possibly. 
care less. They care about power and keeping power, however it takes to get there. Democracy, that is not only the last thing on their list, it's probably not even on their list. But we're fighting back. We are fighting back. And in a lot of ways, we are winning little bites at a time. Remember, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time? Well, we continue to do it. And every time I find a story about one way or the other that we are winning, I keep telling you about it. This is from Re Reclaim the Net. You know, we are live here on Rumble five days a week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, I was originally live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Rumble. And then because of all the censorship bullshit and everything else that was going on, I said, nah, that's not going to happen. So I pulled the show off of all the other platforms except Rumble, the true, true free speech platform of Rumble. And this is now where we live and where we will continue to live because as long as it's within the bounds of the law, you are welcome to start your own channel here. Say whatever you like. Feel free. Start your own show. Why not? We'd love to have you. I don't care what side of the aisle you fall on, left, right, or center. Doesn't matter. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care who you love, who you sleep with. Nothing. Other than my number one rule on this show and leave our fucking kids alone, I don't care. Do whatever you want. You're an adult. Knock yourself out. They're fighting back. Oh, yeah. They're fighting back. The reason I just went on that little rant about Rumble and how great it is is because it is the one of the few places you can find the truth. You can find a lot of crap on this channel too, by the way. But you can find out the truth. You gotta know how to dig. Take a look at this headline. I love it. YouTube is now gonna block autosync with Rumble. Creators, people like me, are now being prevented from mirroring to the Rumble platform. What used to happen is that you could sync your Rumble channel with your YouTube channel so that they would automatically cross-feed each other. YouTube, obviously shaking in their boots over Rumble's success, continued success. I just saw another story from Chris posted tonight on X of more things that are happening, making Rumble an even greater platform. Seriously, folks. I know if you're watching this show, obviously you are on Rumble. But if you just found the link randomly and you're not a member, you not you don't have an account, please get an account. It's free. We don't track your email. We don't sell your information. You just sign up for an account with your email. That's it. Doesn't cost you anything. It lets you get involved. It lets you chat in the live chat on our show and on all the other shows too, including the incredible Dan Bongino show. You know, that's another thing about this platform. We don't compete per se with each other. I promote the Mud Club, Dan Bongino, all the folks who are here with us on Rumble. And I encourage you to hang around, watch their shows. Dan comes on right after me at 11 a.m. One of the most watched streams, I think, on the internet. I wouldn't be surprised. He's got a hundred over thousand live viewers on average when he goes live. Monday through Friday at 11. Millions, th uh, th over 3 million followers. Here I sat with my wonderful little crowd of 137 or 8 people. Bless you. I love you. Thank you. No, seriously. You mean the world to me. You really do. You all count. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm not competition for him. He's not competition for me. Uh, we support each other. And we should. <clears throat> but anyway... Back to YouTube. This idiotic plus censored Nazi commie platform is now going to stop allowing Rumble users to cross-mirror the content. 
even Russell Brand. Russell Brand starts by simulcasting, that means to more than one platform, if you don't know, uh, to YouTube and his Rumble channel, and I think his Locals channel also. But he can only do about 10 or 15 minutes on his YouTube channel because he wants to talk about the real good stuff, and he can't because he knows that he'll either get demonetized from YouTube or they'll throw him off, they'll give him a strike and throw him off the platform. So he starts his show on both, and then after about 10, 15 minutes or so, he cuts off the YouTube feed and goes exclusively on Rumble. Hey, if that's not saying something, if that doesn't explain it, then there, you know, what more is there? Rumble, rising competitor in the video sharing platform space, facing significant hurdles because of the actions of Kami YouTube. The YouTube Sync feature, which is designed to streamline the transfer of content between YouTube and Rumble. And now, Rumble approached YouTube in the summer of 2021 to talk about implementing an automated sync feature. Uh, transfers large content libraries from YouTube to Rumble. And suddenly, YouTube said, mm, we're not going to let you do that anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you think they're afraid? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're afraid. Not only are they afraid, they should be afraid. They should be very afraid. Hi, yay, yay. Hey, it's Friday, right? Okay, it's Friday. <laughs> I was wondering how much I should give a crap. My Friday level is about here. <clears throat> okay, McDonald's Missiles and Marches. The rotting bag of flesh in the White House, otherwise known as Biden the buffoon. Yesterday, his whole day, he spent the whole day screwing crap up in the worst ways possible. We have all seen the video of him falling down, falling up the stairs, falling off his bike. <clears throat> These are just from yesterday. This is from the Daily Caller. His trip yesterday to North Carolina, full of clip-worthy moments, the campaign would probably like to forget and i got a bunch of them mr president the march for life is tomorrow the march for life is tomorrow in washington dc the march for life is tomorrow in washington dc what's your message to those attending march and, and, sir what's your message for those attending march <laughs> moron. He then got asked about the United States' recent strikes on the Iran-backed Houthis in Yemen. Are the airstrikes in Yemen working, he, he was asked. Well, when you say working, do you mean stopping the Houthis? No. Are they going to continue? Yes. Are the airstrikes in Yemen working? Well, when you say working, are they stopping the Houthis? No. Are they going to continue? Yes. Um. <laughs> he took the stage in Raleigh, talking to the crowd, and appeared to look around for Democrat North Carolina Rep. Deborah Ross, and then suddenly realized he was confused. Where's Deborah? I had her picture taken with a looking around the crowd. Then he goes, oh, uh, she couldn't be here, actually. That's not true. I got mixed up. Yeah, like everything in your life. Appreciate it very much. I also want to mention Congressman De Deborah Ross. Where's Deborah? This year, I just had my picture taken with her. No, you didn't. That's probably why she left. <laughs> no, all kidding to stop. Anyway, you, you can, oh, she couldn't be here, actually. That's not true. I got mixed up. And she has, you know, she fights very hard for the people of this district, and she's up in Washington right now. 
This is the man who is the commander-in-chief of our military. This is the man who has the codes. This is the idiot who is allegedly running our country. Who remembers, uh, you know, uh, during the pandemic when schools were shut down and uh, Master, the Sergeant First Class mentioned it, kids weren't able to attend school, so they go online. How many of you spent time in McDonald parking lots tapping into their Internet so you could do the homework with your kid? Who no one, because nobody does that anymore. Nobody has done that for years and years, Joe. Idiot. Moron. This trope, clueless Biden, still uses from the first decade of the 21st century. Nobody, and I mean nobody, goes to McDonald's in the 21st century to steal their Wi-Fi. Biden also appeared confused with the numbers, highlighting his admin's achievements. To date, 400, uh, excuse me, 40,000 infrastructure projects have been announced across the nation. Since I've been in office, I've, we've created 14 million jobs, 440 new jobs in North Carolina, only just since I came to office. Story. To date, 400, excuse me, 40,000 infrastructure projects have been announced across this nation. Since I've been to office, we've created 14 million new jobs. 440 new jobs in North Carolina alone just since I came back. What? Uh, okay, one more. This goes on. It goes on. It goes on. Trying to quiz the crowd about how many billionaires there are in the U.S. He wandered away from the podium, appearing to forget about the microphone. You know how many billionaires we have in America today? Biden said before a crowd member yelled back a response. 1,000, Biden responds, walking even further away from the microphone. You know what their average rate, average tax rate, federal tax rate is? Then watch what happened. Folks, you know how many billionaires we have in America today? 1,000. You know what their average rate, tax rate, federal tax rate is? I'll see them walk away from this. <laughs> 81 years old, allegedly running the country, commander-in-chief of the military. Based on uh, Saeed's... and has his finger on the nuclear button. This man can't get past his oatmeal in the morning. And what's being done about it, Republicans in Congress? Crap all nothing, because you got no balls. None, zero, kosong, zip. So it continues. Somebody stop John Fetterman? He's freaking me out. I mean, we just did the story about Michael Moore in a video who we played it last night, appears to be supporting, well, I don't want to say supporting Donald Trump, but supporting the programs and the outcomes of Donald Trump's policies. I know, but I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Now, Fetterman, still recovering, I suppose, from that stroke he had, 
Can, you know, I mean, what's next? He's going to endorse Donald Trump? Take a look at this headline from the Washington Times. Fetterman aligns with DeSantis on China. Says Beijing should own zero farmland in the U.S. What is up with this guy? He's a Democratic senator from Pennsylvania. He should be towing the line. The Democrats have got to be pulling their hair out over this guy. And I say, good on you. You keep talking like this, you may just wind up with another supporter in the conservative movement. That would be me. Veterans said the Chinese government should own zero agricultural land in the U.S., I hope many of our colleges, uh, colleagues agree the Chinese government and U.S. adversaries should own zero, zero agricultural land in our country. I believe that, Mr. Fetterman said. I mean, they're taking back our pandas, you know. We should take back all of their farmland. While we're at it, could we take Bill Gates's away from him, too? And that might be a little tough, because Bill Gates, as far as I know, is still an American. But regardless, not a bad idea. Again, this is Fetterman, a Democratic senator from Pennsylvania who likely got illegitimately elected, swept in with all the other illegal elections that happened around the country. But still, nevertheless, we love what he's doing these days. Hey, you know how um, uh, if you the theory is, especially from the whack jobs on the left, that more guns means more violence, right? Of course, right. That's what all the surveys say. That's what all the, the scientific studies say. Eh, wrong. And now the receipts are here to prove it. <laughs> a bombshell report. This is a report from Emoland, a story about the report, I should say odd sight, but nevertheless, good report, and it really gives you all the gory details. <clears throat> Crime dropped in six Ohio cities that had permitless carry law. Oh yeah. A new Ohio study shows that gun-related crime went down in six cities after they passed and went into effect a constitutional carry law in the Buckeye State. Six out of eight Ohio cities targeted in a recent release study commissioned by the Attorney General, in some cases went down by double digits year after the state's constitutional carry law took effect. Wow. Results from a trend analyzed uh, uh, indicated a significant decrease in crime incidents for Akron, Columbus, Toledo, and across all eight cities combined from 2021 June to June 2023. Toledo, Parma, and Akron each experienced an average of 19% decrease in some rates of crime involving a firearm. Wow. Insane. So, there you go. Constitutional carry law, which lets you carry. And guess what happens when the criminals know that guy you might, you're thinking about robbing or that lady you're thinking about mugging? She might be packing. You're going to think twice? Oh, yeah. And that's why you're seeing exactly what you see here. Whew. Numbers going down. Democrats, of course, will find some way to argue against it. But it's really hard to argue against these black and white hard facts. All right. The biker class. You know, 
There are some bikers and biker gangs out there who are bad news. But I will tell you, I have known a number of bikers in my life. Yeah, the ones that wear the colors and everything. I know, I've had a sordid and weird past. I was not a biker. I tried to ride a bike motorcycle once. A Yamaha something little, I don't know what the hell it was. I got about 20 feet down the road and fell over. And that is the first and the last time I was ever on a motorcycle in the driver's seat. But there are a group of bikers out there who are doing everything we love because you know our number one rule on this show, leave our kids alone. We're going to tell you about that coming up in just a minute. Right now, your online privacy, folks, it's more important than ever these days. You must, I know, we're not supposed to tell people exactly what to do. You're supposed to convince them. But seriously, the time for convincing is past. You just have to have a VPN. That stands for Virtual Private Network. It protects your data in this age we live in, which is the digital age. Everything we do virtually is online. Your privacy, your security, all open to hackers, snoopers, even your own ISP will log down all the sites you visit, all your information. With NordVPN activated, and it's easy to do, you don't have to be a techie, you click one button once the app's installed and you're protected. That's it, you click one button, you're done. You can browse the web securely knowing your data is protected, your information is protected, your family's information, the sites you visit, all of that. They assign a random IP, internet protocol, to you not the one that's normally attached to you through your, your ISP. They have military-grade encryption, which is saying a lot. Uh, they ensure that your data stays safe and confidential. With a single NordVPN account, you can hook up up to six devices. Check it out. Look at this comparison chart here up on the screen now. Look at the numbers. Almost 7,000 plus Mbps connection speed. Way more than twice the fastest, which is what? Private VPN, I guess? How many servers? Over 6,000 in 59 plus countries. Next closest is 6,500. Malware scanning for downloads. All of this is automatic and all of this comes with your single NordVPN account. If you use the link in our show notes and sign up today, and it is about the, it's less, I think, than a cup of coffee these days, a month. $3.99 a month, and you and your family are protected with a single NordVPN account. Like I said, you can protect up to six devices. Use the link in our show notes for NordVPN. That will get you that special deal. You got to check them out. And more importantly than all, you have got to have a VPN if you are online and you care about your safety and your security and your privacy. NordVPN cannot have recommended enough. I use it, highly recommend it to you. NordVPN. All right, we talked about the bikers. Love these guys. Bikers against predators. They are hunting down the pedos in the heartland and they are having some success multiple arrests this is from red state article links in our show notes look at that in a series of events that garnered attention from multiple communities in the heartland an organization of do-gooders has demonstrated an out-of-the-box approach to stopping pedophiles and man do we love this story the group is called Bikers Against Predators. They've been conducting operations to catch sex offenders. Composed of motorcyclists, employs various methods to hunt these individuals down. And no, then they don't beat the hell out of them, which likely they could. What they do is the right thing. Call up law enforcement, turn them over. The group has proven instrumental, invaluable in catching three 
different suspects. The whole story of how they did it, what they did, posing as underage kids, winding up trying to hook up, <coughs> or I should say, these overage pedo sickos wind up trying to meet the kids who are not really kids. They're bikers. <coughs> Excuse me. Hang on. So yeah, they're doing it. Here's another case. Over the weekend, 50-year-old Joseph James Craig of Dexter, now in custody, called the Bernie Police Department to report property damage after Craig ran into some guide wire with his truck as he abruptly left after the group confronted him on the property of a local school. These scumbags. Wow. Stories go on. This is a great group. They're a 501c3 nonprofit based in northern Indiana, and they are acting, actively acting out against online child predators. They are called Bikers Against Predators. There is a link to their website in the link, which is in our show notes. I cannot, cannot emphasize strongly enough for you to please do what you can to help support this group. Bikers Against Predators, you read the article from Red State, and then inside that article, <clears throat> you will find a, uh, a link to their website. Support them. I am going to do that. I'm going to do that over the weekend, and I hope you will too. Now, sadly, because we're so far away, I'll have to be doing that remotely via some financial help, but I will absolutely be doing that, and I hope you will. All right. The delivery must go through no matter what. Check this out. I've got a couple of weird stories before we end everything here. But uh, this is a cool one. Some This was recorded from somebody's ring doorbell. <laughs> it is a cop with a bag from DoorDash. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Take a look at this, and then if you don't get it from the actual video, I'll explain it to you. No, I'm not who you're expecting, um, but the driver got arrested for the <laughs> <laughs> So I figured I'd complete the door now for you. Take care. A cop shows up at this lady's door with her DoorDash order because he just arrested the guy who was the DoorDash driver. <laughs> I love this. What a great cop. Seriously, somebody's sitting there waiting on their food, going like, uh, you know, it's been a while. And not knowing that the driver wound up getting arrested. So the cop, thinking twice, being a decent guy, delivers the food. That's cool. That's very cool. <laughs> a link to that video, it's a short one. That is in our show notes tonight. If you want to share it out on your social media, I hope you will. It's great. All right. And I got one more for you because when I saw this, usually I will keep them and save them uh, so that I've got a kind of a stockpile of these good news stories because they're, they're kind of timeless. They don't really age. But I had to share this one. This is incredible. If this doesn't bring a tear to your eye, I, I, I don't know what to say. This poor old woman suffered through a tornado. You see there in the background, this is her. <clears throat> that is what remains of her house. Nothing. It is just a pile of sticks. And sadly, her dog was in the house. And she can't find him. She is doing a live TV interview. 
and watch what happens. And I hollered for my little dog, and he didn't answer or didn't come, so I know he's in here somewhere. But uh, it just, I mean, it, it was there and it was gone. What do you think of all this? This is your neighborhood. I can't imagine. This is life in the big city. The dog. The dog. The dog. Hi, puppy. The dog. Oh, oh, Bessie. Oh, Bessie. Bless your little bitty heart. Oh, my God. Help me. Look at the bruise on her arm. I thought God just answered one prayer, but it turns out he answered both of them. Wow. That's a miracle. It really is. Anyway, like I said, now you can see why I absolutely had to share that story. I've watched that five times. It still brings a tear every time I see it. All right. Here we go. Treasure Island. Robert Louis Stevenson's book from 1868, I think it was. And we are... Uh, we're in the last couple of chapters. Not too many more to go before we... Uh, close out Treasure Island. <clears throat> They've managed to carefully get the ship under sail and get it parked in a precarious spot if you're following along. We'll continue on now with Treasure Island. The excitement of these last maneuvers had somewhat interfered with the watch I'd kept hitherto sharply enough upon the coxswain. Even then, I was still so much interested, waiting for the ship to touch, that I'd quite forgot the peril that hung over my head. I stood craning over the starboard bulwarks and watched the ripples spreading wide before the bows. I might have fallen without a struggle for my life, had not a sudden disquietude seized upon me and maybe turned my head. Perhaps I heard a creak or seen his shadow moving with the tail of my eye. Perhaps it was an instinct like a cat's, but sure enough, when I looked around, there was hands already halfway toward me with the dirk in his right hand. We must both have cried out when our eyes met, but while mine was the shrill cry of terror, his was the roar of fury like a charging bull's. At the same instant, he threw himself forward, and I leapt sideways towards the bows. As I did, I let go of the tiller, which sprang sharp to leeward, and I think this saved my life, for it struck hands across the chest and stopped him, for the moment, dead. Before he could recover, I was safe out of the corner where he had me trapped. With all the deck to dodge about on, just forward of the main cast, I stopped, threw a pistol from my pocket, took cool aim, though he'd already turned and was once more coming directly after me, and drew the trigger. The hammer fell, but there followed neither flash nor sound. The priming was useless with seawater. I cursed myself for my neglect. Why had not I been long before pre-primed and reloaded my only weapons? Then I should not have been as now a mere fleeting sheep before this butcher. Wounded as he was, it was wonderful how fast he could move. 
his grizzled hair tumbling over his face and his face itself as red as a red ensign with his haste and fury. I had no time to try my other pistol, nor indeed much inclination, for I was sure it would be useless. One thing I saw plainly, I must not simply retreat before him, or he'd speedily hold me boxed into the bows as a moment since he'd known so nearly boxed me in the stern. Once so caught, and nine or ten inches of the blood-stained dirt would be my last experience on this side of eternity. I placed my palms against the mainmast, which was a goodish bigness, and waited every nerve upon the stitch. Seeing that I meant to dodge, he also paused, and a moment or two passed in feints on his part, and corresponding movements upon mine. This was such a game as I'd often played at home around the blocks of Black Hill Cave. A game I'd often played, but never before, you may be sure, with such a wildly beating heart as now. Still, as I say it, it was a boy's game. I thought I could hold my own at it against an elderly seaman with a wounded thigh, Indeed, my courage had begun to rise so high, I allowed myself a few darting thoughts on what would be the end of the affair. And while I saw certainly that I could spin it out for long, I saw no hope of any ultimate escape. Well, while things stood thus, suddenly the Hispaniola struck, staggered, ground for an instant in the sand, and then, swift as a blow, canted over to the port side, till the deck stood at an angle of forty-five degrees, and about a puncheon of water splashed into the scupper holes, lay in a pool between the deck and the bulwark. We were both of us capsized in a second, and both of us rolled almost together into the scuppers. The dead red cap with his arms still spread out, tumbling stiffly after us. So near were we indeed that my head came against the coxswain's foot with a crack that made my teeth rattle. Blow and all, I was the first afoot again, for hands had got involved with the dead body. The sudden canting of the ship had made the deck no place for running on. I had to find some new way of escape and that upon the instant, for my foe was almost touching me. Quick as thought, I sprang into the mizzen shrouds, rattled up hand over hand, and did not draw a breath till I was seated on the cross trees. I'd been saved by being prompt. The dirk had struck not half a foot below me as I pursued my upward flight, and there stood Israel Hands with his mouth open and his face upturned to mine, a perfect statue of surprise and disappointment. Now that I had a moment to myself, I lost no time in changing the priming of my pistol, and then having one ready for service and to make assurance doubly sure, I proceeded to draw the load of the other, recharge it afresh from the beginning. My new employment struck hands all of a heap. He began to see the dice going against him, and after an obvious hesitation, he also hauled himself heavily into the shrouds, and with the dirk in his teeth, began slowly, painfully, to mount. It cost him no end of time and groans to haul his wounded leg behind him, and I'd quietly finished my arrangements before he was much more than a third of the way up. And then, with a pistol in either hand, I addressed him. One more step, Mr. Hands, said I, and I'll blow your brains out. Dead men don't bite, you know, I added with a chuckle. <coughs> he stopped instantly, 
I could see by the workings on his face. He was trying to think. The process was slow, laborious. In my newfound security, I laughed aloud. At last, with a swallow or two, he spoke, his face still wearing the same expression of extreme perplexity. In order to speak, he had to take the dagger out of his mouth, but in all else, he remained unmoved. Jim, says he, I reckon you we're fouled, you and me. We'll have to sign articles. I'd have had you but for that there lurch, but I don't have no luck, not I, and I reckon I'd have to strike, which comes hard, you see, for a master mariner to a ship's yonker like you, Jim. I was drinking in the words, smiling away as conceited as a cock upon a walk, when, all in a breath, back went his right hand over his shoulder. Something sang like an arrow through the air. I felt a blow, then a sharp pang, and there I was pinned by the shoulder to the mast. In the horrid pain and surprise of the moment, I scarce can say it was by my own volition, and I am sure it was without a conscious aim. Both my pistols went off, and both escaped from my hands. They didn't fall alone. With a choked cry, the coxswain loosened his grasp upon the shrouds and plunged headfirst into the water. Oh, my. There is a cliffhanger point, if there ever was one. And it just so happens that's the end of Chapter 26, we will begin chapter 28 and, yeah, 27, coming up on Monday's show. That chapter is called Pieces of Eight. What? Pieces of Eight? <laughs> oh, man, this was a fun week, huh? Thank you. So many of you stopped by to say hello. Really do appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Don't forget, get yourself a free Rumble account. Sign up, help support Rumble, help support this channel. All the other great folks who do shows here, we appreciate them all. And uh, do your best to give them all a follow, that green follow button right down there. It's easy to do. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Spend it with people you love. I will see you all again on Monday. You just heard The Jay Sheldon Show. Join us Monday through Friday live here on Rumble. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>